Yeah. It's a big game. Who you know that got it behind the scenes like behind the O-line soon as the QB say hype. <laughs> it's big game, game, big game, game, game. Analysis from the player's point of view. Injuries, big trades, player news. Yeah. Sect the competition and he played with Tony Dungy. Better listen, I'm talking about Big Game Sports Buzz. Said everything you need and more. Yeah. Big Game Sports Buzz. I thought I told you once before. We call him Big Game James. Yeah. Big Game James. Big Game James. What we call Big Game James. Word. Big Game Sports Buzz. Said everything you need and more. So tune in. Tune in. Welcome to Big Game Sports Buzz. It's your boy, Big Game James. We're about to kick things off talking about the NFC and AFC Championship games. The new coaching hires in the NFL. LSU wins the national championship, only to have Odell Beckham Jr. in the news for negative reasons. All that and more and the 100 Report coming up on Big Game Sports Buzz. I'd like to give a special shout out to the LSU Tigers. They beat the Clemson Tigers last Monday night in the national championship game, 42 to 25. And speaking of LSU Tigers, their alumni, their great Odell Beckham Jr. decided to come on the sideline and bring a lot of attention to himself. Now, I'm a big Odell Beckham fan. I like the way the kid plays. He is an awesome football player. It's just that his decision-making is very questionable all the time. So here it is, even when you want to celebrate and congratulate um, LSU for being on top of the world, the college football world, and doing an amazing job this season, Odell comes up to the forefront because of his antics at the national championship game. You know, I know. If I was an alum and my team was playing in the national championship game, I would want to be there. I would be on the sideline. I would want to celebrate and do a lot of things. And Odell's passion for his school and for the game is unquestioned. He He's a passionate person. He's a passionate player. He loves his squad. He loves LSU. He loves, you know, the history of being a Tiger. Um, that's for me talking to people that know him and know his father from when his father played there. But why does it have to come down to being about you and it's your team, your school that's in the spotlight? You know, Odell Beckham, you're a superstar. You're an NFL football player. You Minus this season in Cleveland, most people have you as a top five wide receiver in the NFL. So why are you on the sideline passing out money and then in the locker room, slapping security guards on the butt. You know, the debate goes on about the NCAA getting over on young athletes and making millions of dollars that these athletes will never see. So for, for Odell Beckham to compensate a young athlete 
that part doesn't bother me. The part that bothered me is that you decided to do it on the sideline when you know everybody and their mom has a camera phone out and recording stuff. So here it is. You're on the sideline. You pull out stacks, as you young folks like to call them, and you just proceed to go and give it to certain players right there on the field. Now, it's not even about you taking care of those players. It's about you being seen with your wad of money flashing and showing it off. If you want to hook up those guys that are about to leave and go to the NFL and it's not really a violation for them to take that money because they've already given up their eligibility, they're going to make, they're they're no longer going to have that amateur status and they're going to become pro, that's cool, do it. But do it where there's no cameras running. Do it where you know someone's not going to upload it. Everyone wants to be the first one to go viral nowadays. So you got to know that that video is going to go on the internet. It's going to happen. And then, the locker room situation and the smoking. I know me as a person, as a man, if I'm that security guard and he smacked me on my butt, I'm ready to put hands on me. Can't do it. Um, And I think that's just Odell being Odell. He looks like he might have had a little bit to to sip on when he was up in the box during during the game. And here it is. You know, Louisiana has an ordinance. I know smoking uh, ordinance in public. And the players were celebrating smoking cigars in the locker room. And they were asked and told that they had to put them out or they would be arrested because they were breaking a, an ordinance. So as the security guard's talking, Odell hauls back, smacks him off in the butt cheek. And at first, a warrant had been put out for Adele Beckham's arrest because the guy was going to press charges for an assault, but he decided to drop it, and that warrant has been rescinded. But again, it comes down to you thinking you're bigger than life. Odell Beckham is a great athlete, and I don't think that will ever be questioned, but his decision-making at best is very shady, and he needs to get a grip on it. Odell Beckham. Stop doing the most. Grow up, man. Black Monday, as they call it, in the NFL has come and gone. And for a lot of you guys that don't know that term, Black Monday, that's the Monday following the 17th week, the regular season. That's when coaches tend to get fired and other guys tend to get hired. Um, We had five vacancies come up this uh, year. And they were all filled, not all in a timely manner, but um, it seems that these NFL owners went out and got the guys that they wanted. So first starting out, the New York Giants, they went out and got Joe Judge. He was a special teams coach in New England. They say he's a no-nonsense kind of guy and is going to come in and lay down the law. Every time we've seen that, tough, no-nonsense guy coming to the NFL. It has not always really worked. You're dealing with young, 20-plus-year-old millennial millionaires. Now, yeah, you can go in and scare that free agent guy and that guy that's fighting to be on the practice squad, but when it comes to some young guys making more money than the head coach, how much can you really scare them? It's going to come down to how much you know about football and what you can do to make that team better. Um, the Giants this year was an awful defensive team, and the only thing I think that may help is that they're in the NFC East that is 
a horrible division this year. So good luck to that. But without that defense really being revamped, that's not going to happen in one year. Can David Jones, your quarterback, stay healthy next year? What's life going to be like with Eli Manning going? The Giants have a lot of questions, and to go out and get a guy that was primarily a special teams coach seems like a stretch to me, but that's who the Giants pulled in. Next, the Cleveland Browns go and get uh, Kevin Stefanski, who was the Vikings' offensive coordinator. Um, I believe that this is going to be a better hire than what they had with Freddie Kitchens a year ago. Stefanski seemed to have a good formula behind the running of Devin Cook and took a lot of the pressure off of Kirk Cousins up there in Minnesota. And if he can come in and utilize Chubb the way he utilized Cook, it takes pressure off of Baker Mayfield, who can then get the uh, ball to Landry and Beckham. So Stefanski coming over from the Vikings to Cleveland seems like it should be a pretty good matchup or marriage, as some people would say. I think that that works out well for um, the Cleveland Browns. Don't write them down for a Super Bowl just yet, but I think they do have a guy that's capable of being a leader that can help shape that uh, that franchise better than what it has been in the past. The Carolina Panthers go out and get Matt Rule from uh, Baylor. Rule signed a seven-year, $60 million contract, and they said that he transforms programs. Yes, those programs he transformed were college programs. College programs are made to be transformed. NFL franchises are made to be built. Is he going to be able to build the Carolina Panthers back up to be in the team they need to be? All I know is with Christian McCaffrey on the offensive side of the ball, that's something that I would like as a coach. But Matt Rule does have an uphill battle to climb, and it may be a slippery slope with him climbing in church shoes. But only time will tell. Matt Rule is the man in Carolina. The Washington Redskins go out and get Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera was with the Carolina Panthers, and they finally parted ways. Rivera's overall record um, of being a head coach is 76-63 and 63, uh, with one tie in, uh, in his tenure in Carolina. You know, Rivera is a hard-nosed coach. Players love him. They love to play for him. Um, I believe he was doing a decent job in Carolina. It just came down to a lot of different injuries. And when your franchise quarterback is one that cannot stay healthy, it changes a lot of what you can and can't do. Um, I don't question Ron Rivera's coaching ability or coaching style. I question the relationship that's going to be able to be had with Daniel Snyder and Washington. Um, Washington has not been very good lately. And I believe they've only had one playoff win in the last century even. Um, I mean, I may be exaggerating, but Washington struggles. Their rosters seem like it's just patched together. Um, I'm not sure if Haskins is the right person for the quarterback job. Only time will tell with that. But there is a lot to be done, and Rivera has to go in and do it with an ownership group that does not have the best track record of standing behind our coaches or being able to build winners. Um, it's been a long time since you heard of the Washington Redskins just being a great team, you know. 
it, I just, I don't see it. You know, I, I don't see it at all. I think it's going to be a tough fit unless Daniel Snyder takes a back seat, lets Ron Rivera come in and do what he's capable of doing from a coaching standpoint, um, have, let him have some help and say in personnel decisions and really being able to build that franchise back up to get them, you know, out of that cellar that they've been in for a very long time. And then last but not least, the Dallas Cowboys finally got rid of the clapper, Jason Garrett, and they bring in former Packers coach Mike McCarthy. Um, Mike McCarthy has a lengthy winning record of 125 wins with only 77 losses and two ties. Um, is his career record as an NFL head coach. McCarthy was one time thought to be an offensive genius, but his offense did kind of stale out and slow down later in his tenure in Green Bay. And that marriage between him and Aaron Rodgers just fizzled, did not work out. McCarthy left the game of football, took one year off, said that he was going to go study, work on his craft, and become a better coach. Um, what he did to becoming a better coach and what he really studied, no one really knows. But Mike McCarthy is the man that Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys decided to go with. And I believe with the offense that he has in place, if the play calling can be better done, he did keep Kellen Moore on board, but he's going to help with that play calling. That helps shore up Dak's quarterback coach um, to use the same verbiage and same language, but maybe a tweaking to how the plays are called because we all know, or I know, Kellen Moore did not run the ball enough with Ezekiel Elliott, but that's a whole other topic and blog within itself. So I believe that out of all these coaching hires, the Cowboys are in the best shape because of the roster that they have. Um, that offensive line is getting a little bit older. They may have to adjust, address that some they need to shore up their secondary, but on the offensive side of the ball, you have a quarterback that you'll be able to sign, if not franchise tagging, with a good running back, good receiving core, and you can build and uh, get better off of that. So I think the Cowboys win with the coaching hires, and uh, I think that Mike McCarthy has the best set of weapons out of all these coaches that are coming into the NFL. It's NFL Divisional Championship Sunday, and it comes down. We have our final four teams, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, going into the playoffs, I thought the Titans were going to – I thought they had a chance to maybe upset New England just because of aging Tom Brady and how the Patriots played this year. But honestly, I was still surprised that they were able to get – the win in Foxborough, but I was really more surprised at the way they handled the Baltimore Ravens the following week to put themselves in this matchup with the Chiefs. Um, it is hard for me right now to pick against Derrick Henry the way he has been running the ball, but is he beating himself up? Has he carried the ball too many times? Um, the Kansas City Chiefs have been amazing on offense. Um, and they came in after they fell behind to the Houston Texans. I was like, uh-oh, the Chiefs are going to get upset just like um, just like the Ravens did. And they turned it on. They scored with 40-something uh, unanswered points versus the Texans. And 
they pretty much beat them down. So and with both of these teams, it's hard for me to pick against both of those offenses. Um, right now, the slight edge to me is the Titans' defense has been playing really good this play, uh, this whole playoff season. Um, the Chiefs' defense has improved throughout the year, and they did get better, but they started out real slow um, against Houston. So I just wonder if they're going to be able to turn it on a little bit faster, not come out as slow, and have success against the Titans. Um, I guess I will quit dancing around the topic. My pick for this Chiefs versus Titans is the Chiefs in a closer game, but I think Andy Reid gets to the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes is going to be a little bit too much for that Tennessee Titan defense to stop. Um, and the later game, the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, to me, San Francisco's front four on defense have been amazing all year uh, because of the way that that defense plays um, with that defensive line. It helps out their secondary and their linebackers. Um, they usually get their offense, the ball, and good field position. I think that will help Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the 49ers are really going to need to rely on their running game. Don't put the ball in Jimmy G's hands to make him have to pass it too much. And the Packers, um, Adams looked amazing against Seattle uh, last week. Jones runs the ball very well. Aaron Rodgers still looks old and at times to me. In a game that I thought they came out and probably should have finished off uh, the Seahawks. They didn't. They let Seattle get back into the game. Um, this is something that they can't do against San Francisco. They're going to have to come out. They're going to have to play hot the whole game. They're gonna, they can't play from behind. So they're going to have to clamp down. But I am going to go with the Bay Area team, the San Francisco 49ers. I believe the 49ers will beat the Packers in this game. I believe that it's going to be the Chiefs and the 49ers headed to Miami to play in the Super Bowl. It's the 100 Report brought to you by Big Game James. And in this week, I just want to touch on Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. I talked earlier in the show about five head coaching vacancies being open. Eric Bieniemy did get an interview to, uh, in matter of fact, um, by the Carolina Panthers. Um, coming into this season, Eric Bieniemy was believed to be one of the hottest coaching candidates in the NFL. Yet, he goes again without getting a head coaching job. Um, we talked about the amazing come-from-behind victory of the Kansas City Chiefs. And behind that play calling on the offensive side of the ball was EB. You know, Eric Bieniemy is not just a play caller. He played the game. One of the best college running backs to ever play the game. Did what he needed to do in the NFL. But yet, here it is. A man of color cannot get a head coaching football job. Um, the NFL implemented the Rooney Rule. And to me, I'll just say it like this. The Rooney Rule is a token rule to get a black candidate in front of you that you know you have no intention on hiring. Um I've been blessed two different ways in this lifetime. I had a chance to play in the NFL, but I didn't just only play in the NFL. I had a chance to play for African-American coach. On that staff, five other African-American coaches came. 
to have prominent roles and do good jobs in the NFL. Um, I wake up every morning and I go to work and I want to be a life changer. They ask me what I, why I do what I do. And it's because I want to be a life changer. I want to be a life changer for young men, not just black men, white men also. But at the same time, I want to give those young black men a face that they can relate to, to know that at some point in time in their lives, they can do things other than playing professional sports. They can see a black male in a role as a teacher and a coach in a school system to help motivate them. I think like that and I believe like that because of me seeing coaches like Tony Dungy, Lovey Smith, Herm Edwards, Jim Caldwell, Mike Tomlin. These are all coaches that were on staffs that I was a part, you know, on a team that I was a part of to see all these guys end up in great positions. But at the same time, you stop and you look. You have 32 NFL teams and the number of black coaches that are not represented as far as a head coach. Um, Black men are good enough to play, but they aren't good enough to lead is what it seems like it comes down to sometimes. Now, I'm not taking away from these other coaching candidates, but for Eric Bieniemy to be in the position that he has been in for the last couple of years in the NFL to be a proven play caller, to help put game plans together for the most prolific offense in the NFL right now and to only get a token interview knowing that he was not going to be hired, knowing that he was going to be overlooked. Something really has to be done with this entire interviewing process or how is it that African-American coaches can get the same legit chances as white head coaches. Something really has to be done. So for me, sitting out as I get ready to enjoy playoff football this weekend, I just sit and wonder why Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach yet in the NFL. Um, I believe that this is something that needs to happen and should happen and should have happened already. I will never give up on wanting to live my dream, and I will also never give up preaching to my young athletes that I work with every day that they can do and become anything that they want to do when they put their mind and their hearts into it. So I know Eric Bieniemy, and I know he's not going to give up on his dream of being a head coach in the NFL, and it's going to happen one day. We just need a new way of that happening so that he has a legit chance. This is Big Game James, and that's 100.